Hi, welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast, episode one. I'm Sarah. I'm Emma. This is, as I say, episode one. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll try we decided and... to start a podcast like everyone. Yeah, we didn't do it during the pandemic, which we should have, but we're getting to it now. We did it now while Sarah has a child to look after and I've got two jobs and we figured why not while everyone's as busy as they can possibly be. Best possible time. Um, so we're going to be talking about, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but we're going to be talking about murders, true crime. Um, I will cover more true crime and, uh, murders and all that kind of stuff because I don't believe in ghosts and I think they're stupid, but Sarah does not. So Sarah will be covering those. I don't believe in ghosts. Come on. (laughs) I don't don't believe in ghosts. (laughs) Well, I I really don't believe in ghosts. Sarah just doesn't believe in ghosts. I I find ghosts and like um that like paranormal stuff interesting. So I will talk about some of those sort of things. And now like, one weird, thing weird folklore and stuff. One thing that I'm concerned about. No one is going to be able to tell our voices apart. Can you tell our voices apart, Becky? Oh, we should mention we have uh, our younger sister Rebecca as our sound On engineer. The ones and twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not a sound engineer by trade. She's a communication student. Oh, sorry, graduate. And uh, but <laughs> if you can if you can barely hear her, that's because she's on she's on Teams at the moment. She's Teamsing in not to give a plug this early in our in our podcast. We should really be getting money from Microsoft for that plug. But yeah, uh, she's on Teams at the moment because she's concerned that she's got COVID. Uh, aren't we all a sign of the times? So uh, yeah, I guess let's should we dive in? Yeah, um, but I just want to say before we start that because it's episode one. It might be a bit shit. And Please don't be mean. Just um, we'll we'll probably get more comfortable with doing this as we go on. <laughs> and we just took a massive sip of her drink. <laughs> um, it'll probably get better as we go on. Hopefully the sound quality will get better. We'll get a bit more relaxed doing it because it does feel a bit weird talking into microphones. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it will get better. Just like, you know... Keep listening. If you're interested in this stuff, keep listening. We will cover some interesting cases, ones that perhaps haven't been covered before. Give us a break. Don't be so judgmental. Yeah. Just come on. Casually listen until like episode twenty to see if you like it or not. Yeah. Twenty fifty. 50. <laughs> All, right, All right. So, so Emma, Emma's gonna go first. So this week. I today I'm telling you about Lisa Govan. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about Lisa Govan? Yes. So not not a whole heap. Don't tell the whole story because I don't not, know a whole lot. No, 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 no. I'm not going to. I I don't know a lot. Um, I just wanted to tell you. I mean, you already know a little bit of this, but um, I had a client. Oh, did we mention that we're sisters? Uh, we mentioned Becky was our sister. Yeah, and I guess by saying our sister, <laughs> we're all sisters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're all related um okay yeah so um what i know about lisa govern is ba- basically i had a client once who um was telling me that she she was going on about this woman lisa govern and telling me she knew who killed her and it was the bikies and da 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 and i knew nothing about it at this point i didn't know what she was talking about it and then what she was talking about and then um i went back to my desk and like googled it and realized that it was actually like a, a proper case and so I, I read up a little bit about it then um realized that it was like something that happened in wa um wa being western australia yeah so it's, it's probably very obvious <laughs> that we're australian we'll abbreviate western australia to wa that you'll hear that throughout 
Yeah, and also a lot of our um, cases, we'll be trying to look at like um, like links to Australia. We might be focusing on a bit more Australian cases because both of us are big true crime fans and of you know we listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and there's a lot of british ones a lot of american ones there's not that many australian ones that are but there are really fucked up murders in australia yeah there's so many good and so many good like folklore things and like yeah just heaps of crazy shit so 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 anyway yeah so i i let me tell you it was a local one um that's all i really remember i remember it was something to do with the bikies but Mm. i yeah okay let me tell you what i've learned about lisa government Okay. Now, I've got to be fully uh, transparent here. I was able to... There, there's a Apparently, there's a very good series done by the West Australian newspaper on Lisa Govan, but you had to have a an account. I did not get an account, so I did not watch that. I tried to glean what I could from message boards that had watched the um, the West Australian uh, series. It I did not money. watch it. It does cost money. Yeah. Money that I don't have, baby. Yeah. So this is Lisa Govan, the story. I got my sources are Lisa Govan, Lisa Govan missing.com.au, missingpersons.gov.au, Australian Missing the West Australian, the Kalgoorlie Minor newspaper, Perth Now, and AAP. All right, reputable. The Kalgoorlie Minor. I'm going to tell you that now my sources are not reputable. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. Lisa was born in Preston, England on February 13th, 1971 to parents Ian and Pat Govan. Her and her family moved to Perth in 1988. Ian Govan said that they were excited to move to Australia because um, Pat's parents, so his wife's, so the, you know, the mum's parents uh, were here and her and the mum's sister was here too. So her whole family was here. The whole family decided they were going to move to Perth in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa also has... Three sisters, Sharon, Jacqueline, and Jeanette. I think that's a pretty common thing to do. What, move to Australia? From the UK in that time period? Yeah. I mean, any time period, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's a well-trod path. Yeah. So she was a teenager when they moved over. When was she born? Yes, she was a teenager, yeah. Yeah. So she was born in the 70s. She moved out. So she was born in 71. She moved out here, 88. Yeah. So, yeah, Mm mid-teen. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa's dad described Lisa as a happy-go-lucky girl that enjoyed life. Uh, she was tiny too. She was a really small girl because she had this um, medical condition. I don't know if it's related to anything, but it's it's interesting, I guess. She had this medical condition called AB lipoproteinia, which stops a person from digesting fats and it causes nausea and discomfort. So she couldn't eat anything that was like at all fatty. Oh, God. Imagine, right? That sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so because of that, she was tiny. She was like four foot five or something. Not four foot five. She was like five foot two or something like that and weighed like 45 kilos mm. as a result. So she she had to – She it said that she had to go to Bali to get shoes made for her and stuff like that because she was so tiny. So this that's her early life. You know, she's this really f- smart, friendly, lovely young woman, mm-hmm. tiny young woman. So in 1995, in her early 20s, Lisa moved with her boyfriend at the time, Tim Hamill, to Kalgoorlie. Um Lisa. That's right. I remember it. Yeah, being Kalgoorlie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You've got. You've been to Cal. Yes, I went year seven camp. They they took us there on year seven camp. And for people who aren't from Western Australia, Kalgoorlie is like a mining town out in the middle of nowhere. And um, look, I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit about 
Kalgoorlie in the 90s okay. as well. Okay. Um, so I went there in the early 2000... I went there in, like, 2001, I think, mm-hmm. um, and we're a bunch of 10-year-olds, and there's a lot of, like, skimpies and stuff It is Kalgoorlie. not a place for children. It's not a place for children, It's yeah. not a place for women. We were, we were going past... Oh, so now it's now it's a lot better. I'm saying okay. I'm saying then. Okay. Yeah. Now um, now Kalgoorlie is a lot nicer. It's yeah. a lot more um, family friendly. Yeah. You know. So look. It, so 1995, early 20s. Lisa moves there with her boyfriend because her boyfriend starts working at the Super Pit, which is a massive mining. Got is it gold mining? Uh, well, Kalgoorlie used to be gold mining. Yeah, I know, but was the, the Super, Super Pit? Pit? I don't know. We'll look it up, but so the super pit is this massive hole in the ground. Yeah, because it's have incredible. A picture from when I was in, at Year uh-huh. Seven camp, from the super pit. Yeah, yeah. we'll put up Sarah's personal photos. <laughs> but yeah, the super pit is fucking massive. Yeah. So um, Lisa's mum had said at the time, as I can imagine every mum would, she said she didn't want her to go, and she tried to talk her out of it because it was too far away. The family was living in Perth. Um, and Kalgoorlie is about what a seven-hour drive from Perth. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but Lisa insisted they had to go because Tim's work. Like I said, he worked at the super pit, um, mining, a lot of money in mining at the time and still now in WA, yeah. So Kalgoorlie in the nineties, uh, in this, in this, in the, in the little snippets of the West Australian, um, series that I watched, it was referred to as the real wild west. So 600 odd Ks from the nearest major city. Uh, I believe the nearest major city would be Perth. Uh, gold fields, mining booms and busts, bikies, and um, they actually had legalized sex work under these containment laws. So it was like um, it was you could they had these brothels that were openly allowed to operate. And in in one of these documentaries, what, ju- just in Cal, just in Cal, yeah, in Perth, not legal. Yeah. The- I know they're still in Perth, but they're just like they hidden, turn yeah. a blind eye. Sort yeah, yeah, of thing. yeah, they're not really hidden. <laughs> no, well, yeah, no. But if you yeah. see a massage parlor that says like sensual massage or like <laughs> yeah, but um, I in one of these documentaries I watched, they interviewed a madam, and she had she is she was so kind of quintessentially what you would expect from a madam. She's she spoke like this, and she said, <laughs> "When I was there, I had never any trouble with the police," and she was like. <laughs> perfect makeup and like impeccably dressed and um, what's, what's the one that's in the simpsons oh uh, Belle? yeah yeah something like Belle? that yeah yeah um maison derriere yeah yeah her name was madame carmel and she was the uh quest de casa brothel owner and she said a quote from her a bikey a bikey makes a wonderful friend and a terrible enemy yeah, that's true so, yeah yeah i agree with that yeah she's got a point um so in October of 1999, so just four years after Lisa moved into the area, she'd be reported missing at the age of 28, and to this day she remains a missing person. So what what led up to this, this you know, what's the timeline? According to reports, uh, Lisa dropped her boyfriend Tim off at the super pit for his night shift on the 7th of October in 1999. Lisa then headed to the Safari nightclub, to have drinks with uh, former colleagues because she had pretty recently been um, retrenched from her job at an assay lab. Do you know what assay is? No. I had to look it up. Um, <laughs> it sounds funny. Assay. Yeah. It's spelled, it's spelled ass, say. Um, so an, an assay, I knew it was mining because I watched this um, YouTube video about this guy who lives in a um, 
ghost town, an old, an old mining town, and he has an assay building. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, an assay person, an assay, assay is like testing material, metals and ores for ingredients and quality. So she worked in a lab that that tested that kind of stuff, but she was uh, recently retrenched. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, so Lisa went there to have some drinks with her her former colleagues. Mm-hmm. She remained at the Safari Nightclub until um, the early morning. At one point, she so this is the other thing. There were so many conflicting stories with this, with all with all the different bits and pieces that I read, um, and I think it's because there is a lot of hearsay. Yeah. A lot of people go, well, well, I heard this, and then this one goes, well, I saw this, and then it's yeah. like, and then there's these stories that aren't verified, and because it's the bikies, there's this like silence code, and yeah. like, yeah. So anyway, so this is just a, a kind of um, I've tried to. I've tried to narrow it down to a singular storyline, but it's, it, you know, don't come at me. <laughs> um, at one point she left, so she's at this Safari nightclub. At one point she's seen leaving with um, a bald man or a guy with a shaven head, um, but she returns back a short time later. What did she do? We don't know. It's not mentioned. I don't want to make any assumptions. Mm-hmm. Did they know how long she was gone for? Uh, no. No, they do know, but I don't know. Yeah. But like a short time. Uh, yeah, a short time. I'd say like an hour or two. Yeah, okay. Um, so in the very early morning of the 8th, so the 8th of October, Lisa is then known to have visited the Darrow's Outlaw Motorcycle Club mm-hmm. um, on Boulder Road. And um, this is reported to have occurred by invitation. Um, I'm guessing that you couldn't just walk into... Um, <laughs> Sorry, so our, our sound engineer, young, young Rebecca, just made a clip art sign saying I am peeing and has left the, we'll take a photo, we'll post it. <laughs> oh God, the, um, the tracking, the tracking is tracking what's going on. All right, so we'll, we can continue. Um, you, you can go pee, Beck. Yeah, go pee. It's fine. Um, so... Is it, I'm guessing you couldn't just walk into the Darrow's headquarters, so she would have had to have gone <laughs> yeah. there by invitation, right? So, yeah. And she goes to these Darrow's headquarters, right? Yeah. Lisa stayed... Oh, and the other thing is, it's not mentioned anywhere that her boyfriend was a member of any bikey gang, but he did ride a motorcycle. And, okay. he, you know, if she's going to the Darrow's headquarters by invitation, surely they know her boyfriend. Maybe, maybe he was a member. I don't want to claim that, but that's just a thought I had. Unless maybe just, like, one of them... T- took a liking to him. Yeah, they True. just were yeah. like chatting and flirting and right. stuff. But then yeah. I guess if she had a boyfriend, it's and, and it's less likely. And Calgary like... at the time is like a small town, yeah. so surely they know him. Surely, anyway, that's just you know a thought I had. But yeah. So anyway, so Lisa stayed there at the Darrow's um, headquarters. She was socializing, playing um, billiards. They said in this thing, but it's pool. Pool. <laughs> yep. Um, until later that morning, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty recently revealed that. Um, a, a club Darrow's enforcer, uh, Andrew Edhouse, was seen kissing Lisa the morning that she was at the clubhouse. Also on CCTV, they see him kissing Lisa. Mm. Does now, she like reciprocate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, you know, like they're making out. They're making out, yeah. yeah. But yeah. this Andrew Edhouse character, he has been implicated in so many murders. Mm. Um, is he still around? He is still around. We're take we're putting our lives on the line here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so this, this, this Ed House character is no good, no bueno. Yeah, and he's seen yeah. macking on with old Lisa. So yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, in that case, that's probably why she was at the, true. like if she was having an affair with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also I was, I was going to say it later, but I'll say it now. 
there was reports that at the time her and her boyfriend Tim were having issues. It, well, if she's making out with another dude, then that's... <laughs> right, but if she's drunk and she's like, you, you know, and maybe it's like it's a loose town and like... I suppose, but it, I mean, if you relationship solid, you probably... I wouldn't not. know. I'm not in a relationship. If there's any single men listening. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she's there, she's kissing this guy, but then there were, there were witnesses at the clubhouse that said nothing untoward, or like it was very low-key, right? Obviously they're going to say that. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I, took, I wrote that in, but I was like what what worth is that yeah anyway the next time she's seen in a corroborated um witness testimony is that she was seen at um outside the clubhouse talking on her phone between seven fifteen and seven thirty. in okay? the morning in the morning yeah outside the clubhouse talking on her phone she didn't seem distressed or upset and she seemed she's um said to have left at the same time so she's on the phone out the front, she's just talking, doesn't seem animated or anything like that, and she's seen starting to walk down the road. Um, police told journalists at the time that Lisa was speaking with two Darius members out the front of the headquarters, but neither man is considered a suspect. She was just chatting with them out the front before she left. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we're in the morning now. So then um, a witness gave information to a mobile police station, which was set up at the time. They set up a, a mobile... Because it was also kind of shocking that that this woman would go missing um and and she was very liked and everything and so there was a lot of and also she was a a young thin white woman so it was a lot of a lot of police resources was given to this case so i was gonna say if it was like um an aboriginal woman i wonder if the no an aboriginal sex worker of course it wouldn't no and i'm sure that there are a hundred cases like that um that Mm. just haven't been recorded on so um Anyway, so there was this mobile police station set up and so a witness went in there and said that they saw Lisa walking in a southerly direction down Boulder Road. So remember, the, the Darius Clubhouse is on Boulder Road, so she was on the same road just walking south. Yeah. Um, a second witness also claimed to have seen Lisa in the car park of the McDonald's on Boulder Road. Um, and, she, and, and at that time, she was with two males on motorcycles and they said that Lisa drove away with one of them. Like, on the motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, Lisa got on the motorbike and drove away with one of them. However, neither witness account has been corroborated. So neither of those two witness accounts has been corroborated, and neither men has been identified, neither men on the motorbike. Were those witnesses just random members of the community? Uh, yeah, so one of them was a guy who worked at the Bunnings across the road, and yeah. um, the other one was, like, a uh, some other guy, but it's they're just random people. They're not, they're not related to the case at all. Yeah, okay. So they've got no... They've got no stake in it. Yeah. Other than saying... Oh, yeah, oh, I saw her. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know, yeah. putting themselves in the... For, I don't know, for interest or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think... Uh, yeah, I think we're supposed to assume that those two motorcycle men were Darrow's club members. Mm-hmm. The police are also searching for the driver of a Toyota Land Cruise that was seen leaving the Darrow's clubhouse the same morning that Lisa went missing. All right, and that's just an aside. I just a Land Cruiser in, in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, just, yeah, Land Cruisers are um, almost synonymous with um, miners. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, so you'd have a hard time tracking down one that was seen leaving an area. In well, an... They're, they're just like, every... I mean, they're everywhere in the city now as well, but yeah. they're like a, a country vehicle as well. I mean, everyone's got Land Cruisers. They're yeah. very, very popular here. Yeah. Yeah. So since that morning that she was last seen, Lisa has not answered her phone, made any calls. Um, she didn't withdraw any money. 
she's not been contacted or been in contact with any member of her family and she was really close to all of them she used to call her mum like every second day that's so sad yeah so here's where i wrote it so when lisa went missing she was of slim build 155 centimeters tall mm-hmm. um brown hair blue eyes fair complexion she was wearing a short black skirt a black long sleeve top black sandals and a leather choker with a dolphin pendant mm-hmm. which how 90s yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she also had a black handbag. It sounds like a very cool 90s outfit. Yeah, and also like a kind of cool outfit for today. Yeah, well, it's come back around. Fashion cyclical. <laughs> so this Tim, right? This Tim Hamill, her boyfriend. Yeah. I've got – I don't want to I don't want to claim anything, but I've got suspicions about him, right? Okay. Is he dodgy? Let me tell you about Tim. According to the statement that Tim gave to police at the time – he left work on the morning of the 8th, which is the morning she was last seen, right? Mm-hmm. And he attempted to contact Lisa. So he got home to an empty house. She's not there. This is according to him. Tried to contact her. It was reported by the governs, by Lisa's family, um, that Tim then, after coming home and finding his house empty, he goes to one of Lisa's girlfriend's homes to try and find her, right? And he kicks in the door. Ah, oh, so he was pissed. So he kicks in this door... Only to find out that the girlfriend had recently moved. So he kicks in the door of this random person's house. Obviously, Lisa and the girlfriend aren't there. And so then he starts driving around town on his motorcycle looking for her. Mm-hmm. Right? Weird, no? Controlling and it's, anger management. And it like, sounds to me like maybe he knew that she was... Having an affair. Yeah, or like, having it on with someone mm-hmm. and was like... Oh, she's off. fucking missing again. I'm yeah. going to fucking find her. and like Yeah, I need to kick, kick in someone's door. Like, what the fuck? That doesn't seem like fear. That seems like anger. Anger, yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, an, an article from the Kalgoorlie Miner at the time stated that Lisa was experiencing domestic problems with Tim, I would guess. Mm, mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> according to Tim, he then rides his motorbike through Kalgoorlie trying to find her. Um, and at around 2 p.m., it's known that he's fallen off his motorcycle, right? He's he's been you know, and, and in an accident. Yeah, essentially, yeah. But that's a huge gap as well. Mm-hmm. So he he comes home at what in the morning. So if he's working night shift and he got dropped off the night before, I'm, I'm guessing he's finishing around eight in the morning. And so then between even uh, it depends what even earlier, yeah, six, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then for him to fall off his motorbike at two while he's still looking for her, mm. uh, I don't know that that time difference is a, is a little too long for me. So he falls off his motorbike. Did he contact her family at all? Like, I'm not sure if he did at the time. Like, mm. I, I don't think it would make much sense to because her family, her family weren't in Cal. Yeah, but I think, like... You'd go, hey, has Lisa made contact with you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd be like, has she spoken to you? Because I don't know where she is. Yeah. it's It wasn't reported anywhere. Mm. I'm not... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it would have said it in the West Australian video if I'd, if I'd paid <laughs> if for it. paid for yeah. it. So then he's seen on CCTV at the Kalgoorlie Hospital in an agitated manner after his fall, right? He's mm-hmm. agitated. He's he's taken there by two members of the public that attended to him um, after his fall. Yeah, taken to the hospital. He's seen on CCTV, all agitated. But he's he he leaves the hospital before he's seen to by medical staff. Mm. In a news article, the police are seeking information from the couple who helped him after his accident. So they're seeking information about him, about this accident, about anyone who spoke to him at the time. Yeah. So I'm thinking the police are are suspicious of him. Yeah. yeah. Which why not? You know. Yeah. It's it's suggested that there's this whole sequence of events where he's kicking in doors and riding around town and mm. doing whatever the fuck else is is 
directly related to Lisa's disappearance because they're seeking this information. Yeah, it's a bit um, a bit of a coincidence that he's doing all that. Here's something else. A few months after this, a few months after Lisa goes missing, only a few months, uh, Tim leaves WA. Hmm. Hmm. Where did he go? I'm not sure. I couldn't find out. Hmm. Has he returned? Couldn't tell you. Oh, God. Is he living next door to me right now? Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Very possibly. Well, he, nobody knows where he lives. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tim's on my radar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because so she's macking on with this other guy, so that gives him motive. a motive. Yeah. Also, he's obviously just a hot-headed, angry guy. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, obviously we don't know, but... His actions speak. It's dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't anything to do with the Unless, unless he all. was a bikey too. Those sweet, innocent bikies. Yes. <laughs> getting blamed again. <laughs> so... So that's Tim, right? So mm-hmm. I have my um, thoughts about Tim. Yeah. Don't like yep. him, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like the man. <laughs> so about a week after Lisa, Lisa disappeared, um, police executed a number of search warrants across the Kalgoorlie-Boulder area. Um, or actually, Boulder is uh, a neighbouring suburb of Kalgoorlie. Yeah. And they focused really heavily on the Darrow's headquarters and a number of Darrow's members' houses, right? Yeah, it probably would have been, um, like, for, for the police, a nice little, like, a convenient a, a nice way excuse. to, yeah, because yeah. um, obviously they're, like, always at loggerheads with the bikies, yeah. so they were probably like, oh, yes, we, oh, sick. we've got we an excuse go to, to go and raid their headquarters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a full forensic examination done of the, of the, the shed or, like, you know, the headquarters that she was last seen at, um, and uh, they took a number of pieces of clothing and items and they got all this stuff from the headquarters, but none of it was determined um, to have belonged to Lisa. Yeah. So there's no real sign of anything of her there. No. Yeah. No well, I mean, they, it was a, it was a week or so after they would have, if it was. And also, she was seen leaving. Yeah. So it's yeah. you know whatever's happened has happened away from there. Likely. Just, she like she Likely. was there, but yeah, she left. Yeah. Detective Sergeant K told journalists that police believed that whoever had been socialising that night at the Safari Nightclub with Lisa knew what had happened to her. So, they, they were, so the colleague? N- no, I'm guessing the person, the pe- persons or people that had invited her to the Darius Nightclub. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. They, they, the police believed that they know exactly what happened to her. Mm-hmm. No one from the club provided any relevant information, um, mm-hmm. but then I was also reading up on the Code of Silence in the biker gangs, Yeah, and it's no joke. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they get... They get killed, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a previously unknown witness, Goldfield's businessman Robin Wade, gave a statement to police in 1999, but he was ignored, and he reckons that he was later threatened by someone claiming to be a Darrow. Who was that? Uh, just a businessman in the area. Why? So he, he had information about the case. Yeah. He gave it to the police, but he was ignored by the police initially. And then when he... Um, had mentioned it again or whatever, he was threatened by the Darrows. What was the information? I don't know. Oh. Apparently there were two callers who'd given information to Crime Stoppers anonymously and the police um, had urged him to get back in contact so they could get more information from those two people. Um, One of those people got in contact but it didn't lead to anything and the other didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they have like constantly been a source of people have been telling them to, or the cops have been like telling them that they need to get back in contact. Yeah. 
Year 2000 rolls around, WA police have no information, no leads, no nothing, right? So the police minister at the time, Kevin Price, announces a $50,000 reward for information. Nothing comes of it. No one comes forward. Nothing comes. Um, an article from the AAP General News um, said, uh, this quote from Senior Sergeant Gage, uh, so the police had followed up every lead that had been given, including information provided by a psychic in the US. Um, Lisa's family had sought the help of this psychic, in quotes, mm. uh, in 2017, but the information obviously yielded nothing. I suppose if you're desperate, like, you just... Oh, yeah, you, no no uh, shame for the, for the family, yeah, but... just be grasping at anything. What a, what a deplorable human being, this person <laughs> going, I can help you find your missing daughter. Yes. Charlatanism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to mention her name because I don't want to give her any credit. 18 years after Lisa disappeared, um, WA police raided two Club Darrow's properties in relation to this crime. So it was it's a cold case. Right? So when, when did this happen? 2017. Police raided two Club Darrow's properties, one in Kalgoorlie and one in Cloverdale. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. I found the house. So they... It was just a random house. Yeah, it's just on a street. Um after receiving, quote, very credible information. And I've noted here that Sarah used to live in Cloverdale. Yeah, well, close to Cloverdale. I used to work in Cloverdale. I used to live in, what was it, Carlisle. Okay. Oh, and Rivervale, which both border Cloverdale. Yep. So but yeah, I used to work there. So Sarah is involved. Obviously. <laughs> Sarah's in the, in the sphere of this crime. <laughs> so police wouldn't say what they were looking for or if they retrieved anything, um... And, but despite there being no body, WA police are treating the case as a homicide now. Obviously, it's, yeah. it's pretty. Yeah. Um, police commissioner at the time, Chris Dawson, said, quote, people associated with the club are a focus of our investigation. Mm. So they must have some information that someone from the Darrows is involved. Other mm. than, otherwise, I don't know if they would be focusing so heavily on them. I, I don't know if they would be actively mm. executing search warrants and that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. So following these raids, like uh, when they announced that they had raided these places, they also announced an increase in the reward from $50,000 to $250,000 for any information leading to any arrests. Um, And very recently, in early 2021, Police Minister at the time, Michelle Roberts, said the WA government would consider giving multiple rewards of up to $1 million for info about Lisa Gubbins' suspected murder 21 years ago. So obviously that announcement marks an increase from 50 to 250 to then $1 Per piece of information. Yeah, so, so like if two people came forward. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's good that they're, that, that still seems like actively like yeah, yeah, yeah. looking into it. And stuff. There's a bunch of these cases that they're just, these cold cases like Gerald, Gerald whatever he's, you know, that kid. There's a, there's a few of them that they're, they're kind of, they've got these massive rewards for mm. and they've got all this information available and they're releasing pieces of previously not given out information, but... So that's that's essentially the case. Lisa's parents likened Lisa to a little butterfly because she was known from flit to flit from place to place and event to event, um, always looking for the next big adventure. She loved animals and children and would embrace every person regardless of their background. Lisa's parents think that this may have contributed to her going missing as she would have seen the good in people and given them the benefit of the doubt and maybe she shouldn't have. Mm. The lead detective on the case currently says he knows exactly where and how Lisa died but doesn't have the evidence to prove it. Oh, really? This is the um the current lead detective for it? Current lead detective, the cold case detective. So if Fire. Lisa were around today, she'd be 51. Fire. So she was 29 when she disappeared? Correct. Okay, yeah. 
Oh my god, that's insane. So he is basically like, yep, I know who did it. I know yep. how it happened. I yep. just can't prove it in court. Yep. So oh. I'm guessing that someone has come forward and given him the information. Right. And his, but he has been unable. He's got no evidence to prove that. So early 2021 was when they did this One most million. recent. Yeah. Most recent push for information. Yeah. It sounds like maybe they're on like the precipice of mm. being able to. And all Lisa's family want is to know where she is, yeah. where she is, so they can bring her body home, mm. or her bones at this point in time. But yeah, so that's the case of Lisa Govan. Wow, that's insane. It's it really does sound like it's one of those ones that's going to be like is going to be solved in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it, all it takes is for one person to leave the bikey gang. To speak out, yeah. Um, if it was the bikies, I'm guessing it was. If you know, if if the if the lead detective has gone, I know exactly how it happened and where it happened, and they're still focusing focusing on the bikies. Yeah, it's got to be someone in the Darrows. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that is insane. I reckon it it'll be one of those ones where like next year or something it comes. But it's also it's it's like the Claremont one where it, where it's so high profile that they would have to have all their ducks in a row before they made any kind of moves. Yes. And I guess yeah, especially yeah. if it's What's that saying like when you if you come for the oh uh don't come for the if, what is oh, it? Greg, Greg says it all the time. Yeah, um don't come for, if you're going to come for the master kids. don't miss or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah, they say it all the time in uh Law and Order SVU. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, well, you know, any questions, I probably can't answer them. Um, I just, I just that... felt like, like the, um, the impulse was to ask for any questions because like, I'd just given a presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely that anyone else would be listening at this point, but if anyone is listening who has any information... Yeah. Uh, contact Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers is always looking for information on any crime. I'm just, as we speak, looking up the numbers for Crime Stoppers. Um, contact Crime Stoppers on... One eight hundred triple three triple zero. Yeah, and you can do that anonymously as well. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, I doubt anyone apart from like us will be listening at this point. But hey, maybe if we become successful one day, people listen through the back catalogue, and somebody will. I almost hope that no one hears this because I don't want us to get murdered by the bikies. Oh, they've got bigger fish to fry. We're we're done now. We're not doing any more research, so don't worry about it. Yeah, no, that's the extent of it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. I guess, like, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks um, for listening. Please listen to the next one. Um, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Um, Join our Instagram page. Yep. Uh, It'll, we, we promise it can only get better from here. Although that was really good. Like, mine is not yeah, going to be that fuck good. It, how dare you? Yeah. Well, I just mean, like, <laughs> Oh, it can only quality. go up from here. I just mean, like, sound quality and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm telling you, mine is not going to be that good. Um, so, so listen next week for my listen, shitty one. Yeah, listen next week to see Sarah's version. So, I'm Emma. The, uh, my name's Emma. I did this one. Um, hopefully, you'll be able to tell us apart. But then sometimes I can't even tell us apart. So, uh, good luck. Best of luck to you. Um,. Yep, uh, subscribe to our, or, or sorry, like our, or follow our Instagram page. We've got a website. Um, just look us up, bloody bizarre, and everything. Just do it all. Do it all. Help her, help her sister out. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. See you next week.